Chapter 30 Magic A strong man had his back to me, and he sat so still I thought he might be carved from stone. With his legs crossed and his palms open on his knees, his back was like a shell of muscles covering his body and bones. Was this a statue or a real man? Matted dreadlocks hung over his ashy blue skin, and so I stayed far away to observe. This mountain of a man was covered in beads too, and he wore a simple robe around his bottom half. With a trident upright in the ground beside him, there were three sharp knives sprouting from a pinecone shape on the top of his staff. He seemed to be alone on this barren jungle of a star, and that's when I heard a pounding rhythm start. Just as I hoped he wouldn't notice me, I felt the drumbeat hammering through my heart. Still, he hadn't looked back to find me. All he seemed to care about was the beating of the drum. I was still a good distance behind this man when the center of the planet began to hum. I wasn't ready to move closer yet. This being was more of a beast than he was a man. He was primitive and secluded like the original caveman. This being was the mightiest of mighty. He was the one who eradicates problems from their roots, a vicious demolisher and destroyer. This man held the most frightening set of attributes. Still, he wouldn't turn his head, but something so auspicious made me want to see his face. Step after step, I crept closer, circling him with a slow and mindful pace. That's when I noticed his offering which had taken the form of a symbol and sign. There a flame burned in front of a circular obelisk stone with flowers all around it, designating this place as a holy and sacred shrine. Now this man poured milk over the lingam, as if the liquid massaged the stone. And as I got closer, I realized he drank from a skull cup while wearing a necklace of human bones. He was covered in ashes. This is why his skin appeared as a grayish blue. But underneath that layer of soot, a glowing red tint shone on through. I took another step closer to this being, and I made sure to leave ample space. Then I trekked in a half circle around him to make sure he knew that I wouldn't threaten his holy place. There on his right, I caught a glance of his tranquil and serene face. It reminded me of forgiveness and the moment I saw his eye, I felt tears erupt from within when I felt the warmth of his compassionate grace. Circling his shrine, I noticed a second face emerge. There in the center of his head, I found his faces had been separated into thirds. This middle face had piercing eyes, and this fearless gaze was ever still. And here he held a vision of authority and brilliance, like a benevolent ruler with an unstoppable will. Then, as I continued around his shrine, I saw his third face emerge. Horrified as to who he really was, I felt goosebumps erupt over my body when lightning sparks of energy began to surge. The face on the far side was terrifying. He had three eyes with a mouth wide open ready to yell. This was the great howler adorned with a crown of skulls, and I could feel that third eye was connected to the fires of hell. Forgiveness, fearlessness, and the resources of madness. Now I tapped the ankh in my heart to see him a bit more clear. There I saw him as love, service to others, 
and the remembrance to smile at fear. Still the man said nothing, and so I bowed before all three heads. There beside the trident staff I saw his bow and arrow at his hip, and as I came closer his skin shimmered into a brilliant bright ruby red. A drumbeat pounded when the wind began to howl and yell. There was something so surreal about this man, and I felt a connection the same way a family does dwell. Who was this man on the tiger skin? Who dared to cover their body in the ashes of the dead? It was as if he died 20,000 times, all in an effort to cultivate the perfect connection between his heart and his head. And how long had I been here? The drumbeat went on and on, and the longer I listened, the more I heard the wind chant the mantra of a secret song. Oh, how time was useless here, and so the moment led me into a trance. I let go of who I thought I was when I heard the wind whisper, dance. I swear it was his voice, but it was the wind that told me what to do. Then I watched him turn that frightening face towards me when I watched a formless vision come into view. This face caused projections, like a grand labyrinth through which the ego dies. And so I handed over my worries, doubts, and troubles when I gazed into his fiery third eye. This intensity shook my spine, then my sight shuddered before my identity dissolved away. Nowhere and somewhere, the man rose up beside me when a new set of projections came out to play. He rose from his seat, and so I followed his lead. One foot after the other, he started a sacred dance from side to side, which embodied a warrior's creed. His mouths wouldn't move, but I still heard his voice whisper in the wind. His essence felt like a deadly weapon when I heard a two-toned chant cry out as I heard the wind sing. Ka-li, Ka-li. I didn't speak his language, and so I couldn't make sense of the words. But from that moment on, the wind continued to repeat that mantra until Kali was all I ever heard. Day and night, I watched this great man roam. He was always aware, even during a break or rest, and the endless repetition continued as I heard Kali deep within the wind, in between his breaths. He was dancing in unison with the land, so mysterious and ever free. His left foot touched the ground just as I heard the words Ka, then his right would rise and fall before I heard Li. It was a rhythm beyond time. This was the timekeeper's pace. Kali was wherever and nowhere while we roamed through the entirety of this mystical space. Always secluded, I did not know who he was, but my instinct told me to follow the man with three faces just to see what he does. Now other animals came to find him like I had, and they came into the open to observe his ways. He mirrored all beings and gave them space, and so peace became the path that was paved. Deer came to look, now snakes, geckos, cows came together too. Next there were alligators and lions. Only then did I realize that this man was a peacekeeper from which freedom was renewed. No cages and no walls just rain drizzling between the astral leaves. As long as we gave this mountain of a man his space, all of us understood that each of us was home and free. More and more animals crossed our path, 
and I became so curious about the way their eyes would ponder. Every time I caught them observing this man's frightening face, I'd catch their minds turned to wonder. No one could understand it. Not one of us could figure him out. This terrifying face was like the sharp edge of bewilderment that cuts through all worries and doubt. Once you gaze into his third eye, you'll become aware of intelligence beyond the land. This was a hidden sense that created a secret line of communication tethered into this man. He was aligned with all nature. This being was so in tune that he had access to God's invisible grace. And through this deep access of ancient wisdom, I realized this truth can be renewed to us in the most incredible ways. Who are you? My hand signaled for his attention, but I did not dare touch him. Silent and focused, all his eyes gazed at me while he raised his three chins. Who are you? I asked slower. He did not say a word, but I heard the wind whisper about an epic saga. This was the name of a wild warrior, and what was the wind saying? Listen and you'll hear it. Kailash Baba. I did not know what it meant, but I pictured him as a great father. Maybe he was an emperor of Kailash, or was he Kali's secret lover? Whoever this man was, I saw him as animalistic, wild, and free. Many spirits came to meet this mystical man, yet no words were ever spoken beyond what our eyes could see. He taught me that if you honor and respect other souls for what they are and give them the space they need, they will honor and respect you. And this is the essence of what it means to be free and at peace. The way we have to do this is to recognize that we are an eternal soul. We are not this body, rather we are a part of God. And wherever there is life, there lives the presence of our soul. Our soul is in the snakes. The soul is in the leopards and within the land. The soul is in all these animals. And this soul is sacred and divine within all of creation strands. This soul is your brothers and sisters. There is nothing to fear in any of them. Love them. Honor them. Please listen carefully. He did not speak a word of English and I did not speak his language, but there was still pure wisdom I could distinguish. Everything he taught me was either through a point of the finger, a gesture of the hand, raising of an eyebrow, or a glance to explain how to live in union with this land. Love was his language, and it was the connection to all of our hearts. He really wanted to teach me, and I really wanted to learn where to start. Every moment was a lesson, and he displayed situations I craved to know, like how that flame in front of the lingam was connected to him, and within that source was the light of creation from which all things grow. He taught me how to listen. He showed me what it means to believe. Without words, he explained how the miracle of life is so simple, and so I realized the source of creation is all we ever need. Desires and material gain are so selfish, Rather, this man was selfless. He was one with creation, and every moment of his life was a perfect union of divine bliss. His presence created a certain aura, and this land was a sphere of everlasting peace. There was no disruption here, but rather this was the ultimate ease. No pain or suffering. There was nothing here to cling to. 
It was the essence of simplicity as he was the guardian of all that was true. This sacred place was the second lowest sphere where fruit almost blooms along the great vine. And in order to pass on to the heavens of creation, first we come to honor this great man's shrine. When we roamed through this astral forest, I would sit still and wait beside this man. With our legs crossed in front of the fire, he taught me the practice of meditation in front of his Shiva Lingam. Gazing into the fire, every other sense felt soft and dull, but something within this flame reached for me as if it was pulling me back into our very own soul. There were so many questions I had for him, but he never spoke a word. Somehow there was wisdom in the silence, and it was so quiet I imagined this was a great understanding that few souls have ever heard. The longer we sat in stillness, the more I observed how new souls would arrive. They passed upward from the planets below, after their animal or human bodies had died. After a great while, I saw something that I could not understand. All the simple souls were waiting, when I saw a creature soul approach who appeared to be perfectly steady. This soul was housed within a white crane, and its soul was prepared as if its mind and heart were ready. A great ritual had begun, and many soulful creatures came to observe. Somehow the crane and the man were in sync, and so the bird came in front of everyone with an intention to serve. Bowing before the man's three faces, the crane lowered its beak toward the flame, one foot after the other. The white crane danced while the wind grew and chanted God's holy name. How to make sense of it? What was happening that no one else seemed to know? The bird's eyes gazed directly into the flame when a vision of a fiery woman began to glow. A dark black woman appeared. She danced from within the fire for all to see. Was this the cat that got away? And now I wondered if the kitten was the one named Kali. She lowered herself over the lingam stone, then she spread her legs across his shrine. This was a tantric union for all to see, and so I felt the divine power of Kundalini clawing up my spine. She danced to his drumbeat, then her flames reached forward and ripped off his head. I did not know what to make of this, and so all of us waited while the great man bled out while the body dropped dead. She danced upon his remains, and his essence was ever still. Now all three of his faces appeared to be within that stone shrine, as if all three faces were impossible to kill. Meanwhile, I looked for the white crane, but like an illusion, it could not be found. Searching through the crowd of simple souls, the crane was the only spirit that was not around. Searching everywhere, it was that crane that seemed to be the most instinctual. After all, it was the great white crane that had started this entire ritual. Looking for the bird, I turned back to the flame. That's when I saw the crane was within the fire all along, and now Kali took hold of the man's bow when she raised an arrow and took aim. She dipped the arrow in the fire. Now the crane's soul was burning on the arrow's tip. The crane closed its eyes and found peace when Kali pulled the bowstring back before she let the arrow rip. The soul of the crane was let loose. There it flew through all the distant galaxies like a shooting star. It was then I realized this crane had discovered a path to a new life 
as this sphere was the creation space for fresh and formless avatars. This was all like a dream. It was symbolic of something that could not be expressed or said. And when I turned back, I heard the drum stop. There I saw the man named Kailash Baba was not dead. His head was back on his body, with three faces all in line. This man was a mysterious creature, and he was the greatest link between the living planets below, connected back to the divine. This being was the greatest archer. He was the ancient connection uniting animals and man. He was the humble servant to God and the goddess, as he was the universe's greatest bowman. Now many souls approached the fire, and one after the other they stepped into the flames before the bow and arrow sent them upon their way. Radiant light spread through the entire galaxy, all in a symbolic fashion in which words could not express or say. We were all on a journey, and so many of these souls were sent to places below and above. That's when I realized that whatever this man had sacrificed, he had done it as an expression of God's infinite love. This man with three faces was devoted to his path, and I believed he carried the heaviest burden so that others were set free. His sphere was exactly below Tifereth in the central pillar, and the light of Christ burned within this fire for all beings to see. Again I understood what words could not say. This was beyond what the intellectual mind could fathom. This being represented the formless truth disguised like a great myth and his bow and arrow sent our souls into places we could not imagine. After many souls took flight, I wondered how much longer my simple soul could stay. It seemed all of us were walking upon a path, yet only this being knew our individual way. Yes, the magic was in this moment, and everything else seemed to be paused, encapsulated in this peak of potential. I saw God as the possibility of all effects linked back to this being's cause. This being was like a ferryman. He was the distributor of precious souls, a psychopomp between worlds, and he was the greatest being who had access to far above and down below. There was no judgment in his bow and arrow, as no individual's path was exactly the same. Every time the arrow was dipped into the fire, the soul would wait on the tip while the bow took aim. There the spirit was sent forth, like lightning through the stars, hurling them toward the correct planet, sphere, or plane. He was the cosmic reproductive system that gave birth from afar. But what was this magic, and how could anyone explain this mystery? As if he was in charge of how all things worked, the universe was designed through this cosmic machinery. This whole vision was the truth, and it was here and now. And this one was centered in the pure way, as he was the eternal path known as the Tao. I gazed into the fire, and I knew that this morning star was our answer. This flame was the Eye of Ra, a beautiful offering while we danced for her. And the drumbeat went wild while the fire called out to her holy name, Kali, Kali, Kali. I cried out, entranced in her precious flame. Then within that fire, I realized this was Shiva's third eye. He was the one named Rudra, and he was within the fire when a tear began to cry. Water so wet, now the universe grew moist, and from that water a reaction happened. Now all souls everywhere began to dance, sing, and rejoice. 
Then he took an arrow and pressed the tip along my soul. Tying me to the top, I surrendered all control. Secured upon that arrow, the gaze in his eyes told me to believe. He dipped me in the flame, and so the element of fire became weaved. Fire, water, and spirit together. Now he pulled back the bow. Then he pointed me right to my mother, far off in the galaxy, when I knew I was heading home. Gone, gone, and beyond far gone, this was the path back home, as I had touched both pillars of eternal wisdom, and I had bowed to both the father and mother's thrones. Truth be told, this was a rebirth, yet my spirit had never died, and now for a second time, I was being sent to walk upon the earth in search of a divine bride. Now Rudra grew 22,000 times his size, then he pulled my flaming arrow back. Fire and water mixed when he aimed my soul at a milky galaxy spinning around a sun's path. Wearing his three masks over his essence, I saw his heads set like stars upon his waist. This was a belt so powerful that every galaxy would see it, and so everyone knew each auspicious face. And all of our light was tethered into his soul. We were tied back to that lingam when we were dipped into the holy fire. And once his tears evaporated, a magical chain reaction transpired. My soul burnt within itself when the moist one started glowing. Wind horse came and ran through me when I sat in the saddle as the peak of the morning star began flowing. Riding her uplifted energy, I looked into the eye named Beetlejuice that was glowing bright red. That was Ruger's third eye, and so he broke off a strand of his hair and handed me a piece of his dread. He winked and let the arrow go. Not once had he ever said a word, yet this man taught me all I ever needed to know. I flew away in ecstasy, bliss was all I felt, and there far off in the universe, I looked back and saw the three faces of Orion's belt. His stars were a gateway, and now I realized that all souls must meet him before they pass through. Upward or downward, he was the gate from which all life grows anew. After my essence took flight, the thread of my soul sped off at the speed of light, and like a shooting star, my path shined while my soul glimmered ever bright. Know that the Holy Spirit without a body has no turbulence or restrictions, and so I did not obey the laws of any planetary bounds, but rather I bent beyond friction, moving silent without a sound. Perfect in his aim, his divine light was my guide, not worried at all, because his fire was within me as a piece of Rudra had come along for the ride. This spark was him and her, it was the path of the rising sun. As I was created from the current of life, I was a piece of creation source where every soul comes from. Oh, I'm so grateful I have taken this path. How lucky am I to have found that courage to roam. That man with the three faces is the light of life within my heart, and I am finally heading home. <laughs>